0: It's the face of community and business podcast introducing you to the stories behind the faces focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our community second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the face of community and business podcast. Today I'm joined by our newest host. Mark Grismala. Mark, thanks for being here. Hey, good morning, Tony. It's great to be here. No, Great to have you back, and uh, yeah, excited that
1: you're going to be hosting. Yeah, me too. I'm also excited to host. You know, as a small business owner, <clears throat> marketing is always a huge part of our business, so I'm always looking forward to try different things and spread the word, and also just to kind of get to know other people and, and see what they're about.
0: Absolutely. You know, and getting to know you has been fun, and um, you know, th- as we're jumping on the mics here, you were talking about uh, some of your uh, formal days in high school, how you hosted your
1: own radio show. How cool is that? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's very cool. Actually, when I was in high school, I I went to Glenbrook South, and we were fortunate enough to have our own radio station and TV station, and I I took radio production classes in high school. I had a phenomenal teacher, and aside from getting the opportunity to produce my own shows, like I would do an album review or a restaurant review, I also was given the opportunity to have my own show, or actually, DJing behind the desk and broadcasting live, and sitting there and playing my favorite songs introducing my favorite songs, talking about any music news that I heard of or heard about rather. Yeah, yeah, it's no, a great experience. It was, I mean, it was a lot
0: of fun. And here we are, first full circle, right? Uh, almost kind of a, the same vibe that we're going for as you start hosting. Just because, as I've come to find out, you're you're really passionate about music.
1: Yeah, I really am. I mean, it start. I mean, it was interesting at the time. I was a DJ in, in high school. That was the time where like grunge was starting to come out, and there was a new U two album. This is like the early '90s, so it was just a lot of stuff going on. It was like, some great music coming out, and it was great to be a part of it. And I really started getting into music a lot at that time, and it's been a it's been a crazy ride since then. <laughs> <laughs> and so, obviously, uh, Northside guy. Uh,
0: you know, Northside, born and raised in Chicago, but uh, more so high school uh, in Glenview, but. Tell me a little bit about how you decided uh, getting into law versus pursuing a, a you know a, a career in radio broadcasting or being a DJ. That's
1: a good question. Um, I you know as much as I like doing that, I didn't see it. it was more of a fun thing and it was a, a hobby. And you, you want to keep sometimes the fun stuff separate from the business stuff. And <laughs> I just figured you know a, a career in law would get I, one of my other passions, aside from music, is also just helping people, you know, because I consider myself more on the responsible side, and I just like helping people. Um, and, like, what I do now is help people get help. My clients work hard for my clients, help them get good results. Um, it's just always has been a, a passion of mine as well. So I figured that's why I... I figured law would be a good profession for, to enable me to do that and, and to make a difference, too. And, and as we were talking earlier, just uh, you being the oldest of,
0: uh, of three, right? Uh, yes. A younger brother, younger sister, that uh, taking care of people seems to be part of your DNA.
1: It, it is. I mean, it, it just as the oldest sibling of, of three, you're, you tend to be the more responsible one. Obviously, parents are ultimately the ones that are responsible at the end of the day, but you're with your brother and sister all the time. And wanna make sure that they're safe and they're doing things the, the right way. And your brother's doing some cool stuff. You are telling me he uh,
0: works in the IMAX. Uh, yeah,
1: he yeah. works for a film production company in Evanston called Giant Screen Films. And uh, yeah, they've, they've produced some really impressive IMAX movies that are, you can go see at the Field Museum or Museum of Science and Industry. Um, and it gives him some great opportunities too because he's also what's called a field producer. So he's been out to New Zealand um, or South Africa to go and film Fish Migrations. So it's, 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 he, he really lives, lives an interesting lifestyle. <laughs> and that's very cool. Very different from uh,
0: what all three of you are doing, right? Yes, yeah. yes. You know, along with that, that I wanted to bring up that I thought was important because from an early age and in, in high school that uh, to have this passion for human rights and human rights advocacy. Right, where did that come from, and, and how has that continued for you uh, into your career?
1: You know, I started when I was in college and I went to U of I in Champaign, which was an amazing experience, great school. I was a political science major, and sometimes people fall into that because they think that's the choice to go, mm-hmm. you go to law school, right? Because right? right. there, there, no, there was no pre-law major, for instance. But I really liked my classes, and I especially liked the ones where we talked about international relations and learning about security issues in other countries and learning how, you know, I mean, it was interesting, well, eye-opening to see how other people treat other people in other countries and I just started you know thinking well there's got to be a way to to, that that's not right there must be some kind of change you know this whole issue of you know child soldiers or or that was a huge thing that we remember that we a big issue in the 90s especially like in the Central African countries um, that we studied a lot so from that point I really just that sort of really sparked my interest in international relations and international law and how that worked and how you could change that, and or how you could at least um, effectively change by helping people, but also having some kind of consequences for the people that for the bad guys that that do that. Yeah. So you know, after I I finished co- you know college, I went to law school, and I did actually continue to study international relations as well, and got a certificate in international law. Oh no way! Sure. Yeah, and I occasionally I do occasionally volunteer for another organization called Amnesty International, and yeah, help sometimes if they've got donate, need donations or write, you know, have letter writing campaigns. So that's amazing, though. Um,
0: That's awesome to stay involved in. uh, And especially just in in the community that you're in, in the legal community, that uh, you have such an ability to make an impact in that way, like you said, especially when it comes to laws.
1: Yeah. And I, right. And I appreciate that. And it, it, as a, it, right, as an attorney, we do have that opportunity and we can make a difference if we want to. Yes.
0: Absolutely. But kind of going back to uh, music, right, because it is such a big part of, of who you right. are and what you do that. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, talking about even having you host potentially some musicians right. on, on the podcast would be awesome. What for you, I guess, um, what are you drawn to? You go to a lot of concerts. Right. What? what tell me a little bit about just that uh, musical background that you have.
1: Like I said, I've been into music since I was almost a kid. Like, I remember my first album was Michael Jackson's Thriller. And (laughs) I remember coming home every day after school. You know, getting a snack or a lunch, and back then there weren't CDs or streaming, so it was on vinyls. So, and I had to put up the record. I stand it up on our um, stereo system. I play the record and just listen to it every day, almost. A little bit different, though, right? Because more alternative indie well, rock. Yeah, a little. Di- I mean, I'm still listening. Yeah. You know, trying to experiment, listening to different types of music. I, I love going to concerts. I've go I went to quite a few last year, and it seems this year every other band has announced tours for the rest of the year so it's been a music i think is a great outlet especially for somebody in a high stress job too it's like an attorney it's a good outlet it's a good way to escape you know you go to a concert you know you can completely get lost in the music it's it's a great experience and and especially as, as of the pandemic i mean um
0: you know, during the pandemic, we lost all that. Not only concerts, but everything
1: else. And to be able to have that come back, it feels like a sense of normalcy. Now. It is a sense of normalcy. And I, and I do appreciate the how some artists, um, I know like this band called, oh, I forgot their name, but I know from Interpol, Paul Banks had a side project and they, they kind of came up during the pandemic and they're actually trying to do concerts live via Instagram. Oh, interesting. Being in different rooms and each band member would play a different part. It was really amazing how they pulled it off and it actually worked out pretty well but obviously nothing is like the the live experience when you get up go to a concert and connect with the band and and it seems like it's a little more
0: intimate what you're going to you mentioned talia hall and going there and seeing a a concert
1: yeah i i love getting up as close to the stage as possible It was funny, actually, more recently, I went to go see this band called the London Suede um, at the Auditorium Theatre. Suede is a Britpop band from the 90s. Um, They're another one of my favorite bands, but I never did see them live. It was my first opportunity to do so, finally, and uh, me and my brother, we had seats kind of in the the middle of of the floor, kind of in the back, though, in the seats, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go sneak up to the stage and maybe just take a couple pictures and they ended up finding a spot right next to the stage, and nobody kicked me out, so I'm like, I'm staying here. <laughs> so then my brother comes, he's like, oh, I was like, why'd you ditch me? But, you know, it's just, <laughs> like, I'm here, I'm interacting with, like, Brett Anderson from Sway. This is amazing, so it's was
0: a... Yeah, I mean, see, I, I love that, that, that you have that passion for it, because I've always kind of been, uh, I don't I want to say not drawn to, right, but the crowds that you, you kind of get in my head of, ah, I don't want to go, That's too, it's too crowded or whatever, but still having that passion for music and to see you, you know, kind of going all after that's that's pretty awesome. Now, t- talk to me just in terms of how you build relationships, because obviously that's important to you to have that face to face. And, you know, it's not from what I've gathered so far, it's not preferable for you to to, to watch a concert over Instagram or have a meeting over Zoom. Right. And, and and with things opening up and having been opened up since the pandemic, how is that change
1: for you evolve evolved for you as you connect with people both professionally and personally i mean you kind of figure out that the best connections are the personal connections right you can have zoom meetings all day nothing beats an in- in-person meeting or an in-person concert an in-person performance or even going to court in person <laughs> right i mean that's all also being mostly via zoom um i do appreciate how some especially when it comes to marketing um, I do appreciate how some organizations were trying to conduct networking events via Zoom, and they, and they did they did a very good job. I mean, some of these Zoom meetings were like a couple hundred people, and everyone's trying to get in and network and get to know each other somehow, but it's still, you know, there's still something else about being in a room together and actually seeing each other face to face, because with, with the whole video conference thing that we were doing for the past couple of years, you know, what, what Zoom takes away is the mannerisms, right, that body language. You don't really, you can't really gauge somebody and to really feel them out and just to kind of see if you really can connect with them. 100%.
0: And it's it's very, very, obviously very important, but for you, being involved in the community as well, tell me a little bit about that, just how you've not only been involved in um, your local community, but also in the Polish community, right? Right, well, the Polish-American
1: community, I guess, is sort of right. local, yeah. because um, <laughs> it's one of the largest out of outside of Warsaw here in Chicago. But yeah, I've been active with the Polish-American Chamber of Commerce. I'm also a national director with the uh, Polish-American Congress, which is an umbrella organization representing millions of Polish-Americans' interests in, in the United States. And um, it's, it's been a pretty successful organization, too, even last March, I believe. We had a pretty large fundraiser. We raised money for for people in Ukraine and for people in Poland that are helping the Ukrainian refugees, so it was, it was very successful. That's awesome. it, was, it was great to be a part of that as well.
0: Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, just to be clear on the type of attorney that you are, take us through a little bit of what that is uh, um, and how, <laughs> when people would hire you. So now we
1: gotta go back, and this so, is completely opposite of what we've been talking right, about before. Right, completely, yeah. so, I am a construction attorney, and what that means, and it does, again, it uh, it does go to my lines and my goals of liking, of enjoying helping people, um, getting them good results, um, bringing kind of balance, but we're a construction law firm, and we really focus on the litigation side. We'll come in, we're a contractor or a subcontractor, we'll say, listen, I've been on this project, I, I've been done, I'm not getting paid, can you help me? or? We have this project, you know, the the general contractor saying we installed the windows improperly, they're not paying us or they're accusing us of delay on the project. So when there's an issue like that is generally when we come in and we we shine and we try to get it, bring a bring a resolution for our clients.
0: Absolutely. Now, you mentioned marketing a couple of times. What seems to be the, the biggest challenges you have when it comes to marketing yourself, when it comes to marketing your business? The
1: biggest challenge is, it's always with trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. You know, when you first start out, you know, all these people come out of the woodwork and they want to help you, and, which is great. And some people are really good at it, but then you learn there are some people that are very bad at it. And it, it could get costly at the beginning. So once you kind of filter that out, it does get a lot easier. You kind of figure out your own path. I mean, I mean, I still track down any single prospect that calls in. We track down where they came from, how they found us, even down to the search term if, we can, if they found us online. Yeah. So we know what works and what doesn't whatever marketing doesn't work we just cut it off i mean the classic marketer line is oh yeah just you hire us and just need one or two good clients that'll pay for itself but then if you do that for everybody you're just working for your marketing people and very true that's not really a sustainable business model so and this um, is something more recent for you to take on these, these responsibilities
0: when it comes to marketing because um, prior to starting your own business, you'd always work for someone else, right? Exactly.
1: There wasn't much pressure on I me mean, to bring in clients, but once I went off on my own, yes, the pressure was there. And, and, and I had to figure things out. But As you mentioned in the first podcast, I mean, you were fortunate enough
0: that you had a lot of clients come with you, right? So it wasn't yes. like you opened your doors and
1: there was nobody there. Well, I, I honestly, I was expecting nobody to be there. Right. Was, you you yeah. don't know, because again, with anything, it's all based on relationships. So even though I wasn't actively out there building relationships, I still was. I guess I, I st- by my hard work and by working with clients, I did. I, w- I was building relationships. I found out, and they came with me, and I continued working on those relationships. Yes,
0: absolutely. And eight years. I mean, you have a wife, two kids—one, eleven-year-old, eight-year-old. So at the yes, time when sons. you started, yeah, that you had a, a a new family, right? Yes.
1: Well, actually, when I started, um, I. You know, my my second child, Christopher, he was born January third. Oh no! Way. I, w- I I took two weeks off of work to um, help out my wife with, with him and getting him, you know, set up and you know moved into the house, so to speak. And uh, then I went back to the office and I gave him my two weeks notice. So wow, newborn kid and yeah, ready to take on the new adventure.
0: That's crazy. And and I mean, for I guess what what's the biggest takeaway or advice that you can give to others who are starting a business or want to start a business, but see that you know, or have those challenges? Or they see it as a challenge to have a family and you know responsibilities, whereas you saw that as almost a catalyst to do it, right? That right. you didn't want to be in a situation like that. And, and you know, eight years later, here you are working for someone else still. What advice would you give to those that are thinking about it, but see the challenges in front of them as almost... Uh, insurmountable.
1: I mean, there's always challenges. The time is, is now, right? You just, you have to jump in and take that, take that leap. Um, there's never going to be a perfect time to do it. You just have to get ready and just and go for it. I mean, you can prepare yourself for it. Like what I was doing is I was meeting with other small business attorneys and others, other solo practitioners to kind of get an idea of how things worked. But Once you've got the tools ready, just just go and you got to you just have to make that jump.
0: And from where you were at then to where you're at
1: now, did it work out better than you'd hoped? It it did. And and another also catalyst too is that we're like you know people would ask me when working for somebody else, where do you see yourself in five, ten years? I really don't know. Didn't know. Where you know by going off my own, I'm definitely now in control of my own destiny. Right? It's kind of. If I want to grow, I can grow. If I don't, if I wanted to stay where I am right now, which is great too, I can do that. Um, if I want to go out and expand the firm, get more clients, I can do that too. So it's like it's me, it's that, that that's in control. If I want to work, I can work. If I don't want to work, I don't have to work. Right, so right. it's just that that's the thing is like I, I'm in control of my future now. So
0: and and what is your gauge for that for determining you know when everyone thinks of success as oh you got to keep growing, you got to you know make more money, do these things, grow your office, grow your business. But when I asked you earlier, like, we're in a good place now, right? How do you gauge that? How does, how how do you determine when it's, you know, when you want to take on more responsibility versus, hey, we're we're
1: good right now and I'm enjoying life? And that's, you know, it's all about balance, Tony, right? There's a lot of people out there that say, oh, yeah, if you're not working eight days a week, you're doing it wrong. No, you can't have that mentality. You need to find a balance for yourself. I, at one point, I did, I was overwhelmed with way too much stuff and not enough staff, and it didn't go very well. So I had to then find a balance of like, okay, how can I do this where I'm, I have enough clients, I, I'm doing the best work that I can for them, not neglecting anybody, and still have a success, successful business and have a good family life, and actually have enjoy the fruits of my labor and spend time with my kids, taking or my family and my wife and you know, going out, taking them on vacation, taking them out on the weekends. So very important. I, I think I, now I finally have found that balance, so I'm in a, I'm in a good place.
0: In, in... You know, what was that, I guess, that contrast from when you felt like you weren't necessarily in the best place because you were a little overwhelmed, right? Did you just not have time for those things? Did you know, Was the stress just kind of hitting you from everywhere?
1: It was an immense amount, um, immense amount of stress. It was actually post-COVID when the court started opening up, and oh, a lot of judges had these very unrealistic deadlines and things, and were curious as to why we couldn't get things done during COVID, but people were in lockdown and we couldn't get things done. So it was it was, a bit of a, it was a bit of a struggle, yes.
0: But And, and how do you scale that back? Uh, you know, that's, I guess when you're at that pace, it almost feels
1: like you can't, that you just, you're, you're committed, right? You, you, right, you can't just, yeah. You, you, like, if, if you work for somebody else, you can just say, screw it, I'm out of <laughs> here, right? Me, I can't do that, because no, no. I've got clients and I've got a firm, and I can't just drop everything. And that, really, that wasn't an option. It never, that never came across to me anyways. But I ended up finding a good associate um, who's still working with me, and he's been great, and helping keep the balance in the firm. And, you know, we're, we're doing a great job. We're chugging along and we're getting great results. Your clients are happy. That's awesome. That's all that matters. That's awesome. No,
0: that is all that matters. And, and, and you, can see, you can see the peace that you have about you, you know, being able to enjoy family life, but also being an entrepreneur and, and focusing on your craft more than anything else and, and, and growing that, right? Um, what is, I know we talked a little bit about this, but 2023, I mean, you do have a, a trip to Poland planned, but, you know, apart from that, what, what are you looking forward to? And what are those things that excite you looking into the future?
1: You know, we obviously have some more concerts planned with my brother. He's actually my my concert buddy. We go to a lot of shows together. See, that's but, really um, cool. So I'm, I'm assuming yeah, he's local. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's in the city. So, oh, that's cool. um, um, you know, other than that, just keep 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 working, doing doing the hard work that we're doing, and you know, try and grow a little bit with the firm. But we're like I said, I, I'm in a good spot, and we're just looking just to keep things going. And any one concert that you're uh, super excited about? Um, I am going to see. Uh, so, a uh, band called Destroyer in in Evanston at Space, which is they're a pretty large band, but it's going to be Dan Behar performing solo, and it's very small. I'm, sure if, I'm not sure if you've been to Space in Evanston. It's no, a very no small, intimate venues, so it's... Uh, I
0: love that, Tony, looking at you, you know, not assuming that you'd go watch a band called Destroyer, right? That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're able to have that conversation and get to know you on that side, so um, you know, with that, always a pleasure to have you here, and so excited for you to be interviewing and hosting on the platform. Um, hopefully, you get to interview some of these uh, musicians yeah, that we'll we'll yeah. we just We'll see what happens.
1: We know where this will take us, right?
0: Absolutely. No, but thank you, and, and I'm looking forward to it. Great to be here. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it.